Hi everyone, Pastor Gregory Bartram here, lead pastor here at Destiny Church, where your history doesn't define your destiny. I just want to welcome you to Your Destiny Podcast. Thanks for listening. And my prayer is that the message that you hear today brings healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. Grab your Bible and turn with me to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Today we're going to continue with our series called Rediscovering One Another. Rediscovering One Another. My prayer, my desire is that the church, the saints of God, those that follow Jesus, will rediscover our need for one another. Amen. How many knows we need each other? Especially in this time, especially in this hour that we are living in, we need each other. We need, we need each other's gift. We need, we need each other's ministry. We need each other's encouragement. We need each other's prayer. Come on, how many knows we need prayer? I need prayer. You need prayer. And so rediscovering one another is probably one of the most important, significant messages that God has given me. And it has been an honor and a privilege to study at this out. And so I want to share with you what the Lord has downloaded in my heart, in my spirit concerning this thought of rediscovering one another. Romans chapter 15. Only have a couple scriptures that I want to read today. Romans chapter 15, beginning with verse number 5. Listen to what Paul wrote to the Romans. He said, Now the God of patience and constellation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ I want you to look with me at what Paul says in verse 6 he says that you may with one mind everybody say one mind that you may with one mind and one mouth, everybody say one mouth, may glorify God. So today I want to minister, I want to preach about being of one mind and of one mouth. Can we pray this morning? Father, bless the reading of your word. Bless your people today. Holy Spirit, fall upon us. Come rest on us, Holy Spirit. Let the word drop down from heaven like that of like rain, Father, like the anointing oil. Let it begin to drop upon us, Father God. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Change us by the word. Lord, we pray that, God, that you have your way, that you speak to us. Give us ears that we may hear what the Spirit is saying. And, Lord, let us leave here knowing that, God, that we have heard the voice of Jesus. And we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. One mind and one mouth. One mind and one mouth. Having one mind and one mouth means we are united. It means that we are unanimous. Let, let me say that again. When the Bible says, when Paul says to the Romans that we are to be of one mind and one mouth, he's saying that we ought to be united and unanimous. We, we have the same purpose and we also speak the same language. We have the same goal and the same voice. And so when we are united in both our thinking and our speaking, Paul says that we are actually glorifying God. It's when we're thinking differently or we're saying different things that it begins to take glory away from God. 
How many today would say, preacher, I want to honor God. I want to glorify him. I want to praise and worship him. Paul says that if you really want to praise and worship God, and if you really want to bring honor to the name of God, then the church must have one mind and one mouth. I'm going to say that again. We must get back to the place where we are thinking the same things, saying the same things, where we have the same purpose, the same goal, the same vision, and that we are speaking, speaking the same things. We cannot be divided and glorify God. We cannot be in factions and think that we're praising God. We cannot be divided in our thoughts, in our purpose, in our vision, and in our speaking, and then think that we're going to, we're going to glorify God. I believe it is unity that brings glory to God. Amen? I believe that it is our coming together that glorifies God. I believe it's when we love one another that it glorifies God. When we're thinking the same things, it glorifies God. When we're saying the same things, and when we're praying for one another and when we're together. But, 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 but I believe that if we ever get divided, God begins to lose the glory. I don't want him to lose it. I want my life to glorify his name. I want this church to be a place where God is glorified because the house of God is together. Amen? We are unified. And so when Paul says, one mind... He is referring to being like-minded. We're like-minded. Or of the same mind. The word mind in the Greek actually refers to a person's temperament. It refers to a person's temperament, which, which is one's attitude. So when, when Paul says that we ought to be of one mind, he's actually saying be of one attitude. It means to be of one mindset, to be of one in perspective, because that's what temperament refers to. Temperament also refers to personality. We ought to have the same personality. Now, that doesn't mean that, we, that we're all the same. We all are different. We do have different personalities. It's not what it's talking about. Because as you go down in Romans chapter 15, the Bible, in, in verse 5, the Bible says, Listen to this. The Bible says that it is according to Jesus Christ. Meaning that we, when we are of one mind and of one mouth, it means that we have the same attitude, we have the same perspective, we have the same goal, the same vision, and the same personality of Jesus. And when we begin to be unified, we are looking like Jesus. When have we ever been able to look at the Trinity, look at the Godhead, and say, look how divided they are? Look how divided the, the Father is with the Son, and look how divided the Son is with the Spirit. How many knows you'll never find division in the Godhead? Why? Because they're always together. They, they are unified. And so when we get Jesus in our heart, how many knows that same unity, that same love, that same, that same togetherness is going to be in our hearts as well? And so when the Bible talks about one mind, it's talking about being like-minded, being of the same mind. It, may, it actually refers to the temperament of an individual. But here's what, I want, here's what I want for us. What I want for this house is for us to have the temperament, the attitude, and the personality, and the perspective of Jesus Christ. 
I'm going to say a bold statement here today, but if you got Jesus living in you, how many knows you're going to have the same mind as Jesus? You're going to have the same personality. You're going to have the same love. You're going to have the same goal and the same purpose of Jesus in your life. So when we come together, we all have his mind. We all have his personalities, and it brings unity. And Paul says that this will never happen unless it is through through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, now listen to me. We need Jesus. If we're going to be of the same mind and of the same mouth, we have to have Jesus. This week, I, I've been praying a prayer, and I know it's going to sound weird, but I, I, I've been praying this because it's been on my heart. I've been saying, Lord, wear me like a glove. Wear me like a glove. I don't want to move unless you move. I don't want to talk unless you speak. I don't want to do anything unless I see you do it first. Jesus said when he came and everything that he was doing as far as ministry, he was doing because he first saw his father do it. Jesus said, I don't do nothing unless I see my father do it first. And so the reason why we do something is not so that we get the accolades and we get the, 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 the rewards and that we get the praise. No, we do it because we saw Jesus do it and we want to be like Jesus. Yeah. I want to love like Jesus. I want to I have the same mind of, as Jesus. I want to think like Jesus. I want to speak like Jesus. I want to live my life like Jesus. I want to walk like him. I, 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 want to, I want people to see, not see me. I want them to see the image and the impression of Jesus's life in me. And whenever you start praying things like that, if all of us individually start praying things and start allowing Jesus and the Holy Spirit to have his way in our life, when we come together, it is impossible for us not to be of the same mind. Why? Because we all got his mind. And it's impossible for us not to say the same things. Why? Because we are just saying what we've been hearing him speak to us. It amazes me how that sometimes I'll preach from this podium and then I go watch another preacher and he's saying the same things that I've been saying and we haven't shared anything we haven't talked but they're saying the same thing why because we are hearing the spirit say something that has been on the heart and the mind of God and because and listen and so sometimes we come together and we confirm what each of us have been hearing already See, we didn't come here to get a new word. We come here to get the, the word we already have confirmed, amen? Because we're all, we've all been hearing with Jesus' ears and we've been thinking with his mind and we've been speaking with his mouth and we've been reaching with his hands and we've been walking in his footsteps. And so listen, the outcome is that when we come together, church, when we come together, we've, we've been thinking about Jesus all week. We've been speaking the word all week. We've been in prayer all week. We've been in the word all week. And then we come together, I'm going to tell you, it is impossible for division and factions and schisms to be in the body of Christ if we have his mindset. If we have his personality, if we have his will, if we have his attitude, how many knows we're not going to hate anybody? We're not going to compete with anybody. We're not going to be jealous with anybody. Why? Because I have his mind. Matter of fact, it's not going to be about Greg Bartram. It's not going to be about you. It's going to be about others. We humble ourselves. We come to the cross and say, Jesus, I crucify self so that my gift and my resources and the blessings that I have may help somebody else that is in need. Yeah. 
I feel this in my spirit. And so when we have his mind, I'm going to talk about this here in a second. How do you get the mind of Christ? But when we have his mind, his personality, his attitude, it is impossible for division, competition, comparison, jealousy to ever exist, which the Bible says calls it the body of Christ. How is there going to be division in the body if the head's right? When your body starts to, to, to have any kind of dysfunction in it, it usually can be traced to something going on in the head. Are you with me today? Some of you stayed up too late last night. Come on, I know. But if there's something going on, if there's division, if there's dysfunction in the body, it's because there's something going on in the head. The body and the head is not connecting. The body, the head and the body's not firing off together. So whenever, listen, so whenever we get disconnected from the head, who is Jesus Christ, all of a sudden the body starts to have dysfunction and division in it. Why? Because we only get our commands from the head. We only get our source from the head. As we see the head do, the body begins to... So if you, if you have been living your life all week, but you have not been connecting with the head, how are you going to be able to know how to move in the body? You know why we don't like to connect with the head who's Jesus Christ? Sometimes it's because the fact is when we go into the prayer closet, we're trying to pray about everybody else, but Jesus is trying to tell us about us. See, I learned something about prayer. Prayer's not just praying for other people. I've been in prayer and God says, you're the problem. We don't, like, we don't like when the Holy Ghost looks at us, points his finger at us, says, you're the issue. You're the reason why there's, there's factions. You're the reason why there's division. You're the reason why you can't feel God when you go to church because you got attitude. This ain't the mind of Christ. You ain't acting like Jesus. You're not kingdom-minded. And in that moment, you got a decision. Either I ignore it or I repent and get it right so that I can be connected to the head. Think about if every one of us lived our life like that. Lord, I just want to know what you're thinking. I just want to know what you're doing. I want to know what you're saying. I want to know what you're hearing. I, I just want to know you. I want to be connected to you. If we all did that, then we, when we come to church, the body will flow. The body will, 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 will be free and the body will be unanimous and the body will be unified and we will see the glory of God so that when we come together, he is glorified. He is praised. He is honored. Church, are you listening to me? The reason why we need to get unified and the reason why we need to have the same mind and the same mouth is because it glory it glorifies his name and I don't know about you but I want to glorify the name of God I want his glory I want his presence if we're going to see things happen in our nation the church has got to have the same mind and the same attitude and the same personality of Jesus preach pastor so, so when, Paul, when Paul says, be of one mind, be of one mind, he's saying personality, he refer, he's referring to personality, perspective, mindset, attitude. He's raising the idea that we should have the same attitude, everybody having the same attitude. Not somebody over here with a good attitude and, every, and somebody over here with a chip on their shoulder. Not somebody over here who's real sweet that day, and then some over here, uh, someone over here, if you talk to them, they bite your head off. I think when we come to the church, there's some things we need to leave at the door. Yeah. 
I don't care what you've been through. When you step through that door, it is to glorify the name of God and to have his mindset and have his attitude, have his perspective. How many know sometimes, listen, sometimes you got to shake yourself before you come to church. You don't wait to get the church to pray. You don't wait to get the church to praise. You don't wait to get the church to worship. You ought to be doing that way before you ever got to church. There's times that me and Mary have been going to church and we've been upset with each other. And I have, I have felt the effect in my preaching. And it's not, that's why I learned a long time ago, listen, on the way to church, we're getting it right. Honey, I'm sorry. The word that nobody wants to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know why? Because when I stand up here, it ain't about our argument. It ain't about what we've been fussing about all week. When I get to this church, it's about bringing glory and honor and praise. And the only way that that will ever happen is I've got to have the mind of Christ. But if you've got other things on your mind, it's hard to get in his mind. If you have distractions in your mind, it's hard to get in his mind. Paul's saying we need to have the same mind, same mindset, same perspective as Christ. And I, I'm, I'm going to go deeper in this just here in a little bit. And, 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 but I want you to get the idea. It's not just us having our own mindset or our own thinking or our own ideas or our own personality. It's about, it's about taking on the mind of Christ. It is about taking on the personality of Jesus. It's about taking on the temperament of Jesus. How did Jesus respond to people? How did Jesus talk to people? It's amazing to me. While Jesus is hanging on the cross, nails in his hands, nails in his feet, his back being bit, beaten and shredded by a cat of nine tails, blood pouring out of every part of his body, but yet he can still look down off a cross and say, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, I want that kind of personality. Yes. I want that kind of mindset. Yes. That even in my worst of pain, even when I'm hurting, I still are, are thinking of others. I am still, why? Because I'm thinking about, I'm think, I've got the mind of Christ. And when you have the mind of Christ, you're not thinking about how you're hurting, how you've been wounded, how you feel. You're thinking about, Lord, how can I glorify you? And how can I be, how can I show love? How can I commend? How can I demonstrate the Spirit of God to others. And, and, and I'm going to talk more about that here in just a second. So when we have the same mind, when we are of one mind, it's actually, it's, it means this, it means we are like-minded. But sometimes, here's what happens. We're not always like-minded. Sometimes we get double-minded. It is not the will of God that we, that we become double-minded. It is the will of God that we are like-minded. I, I, I used to preach about vision, and, 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 and I learned something about vision. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a word that we all have heard. I've been, I've been saying the word over and over and over. It's the word division. Do you, do you know what division means? It's actually a, con, a, a word that has two, two words that make that, that one word called division. It's die and vision. Die meaning two, vision meaning to see something. It's when, it's when a church, when there's division in a church, it means the church is not seeing the same thing. They actually have two visions. They're seeing two different things. That's where arguments happen. Do you know what arguments are? It's somebody that can't see the same thing. 
It's somebody that doesn't have the same purpose or have the same mindset about something. And so the reason why division happens is because there's two visions in the house. And when there's two visions in the house and you got this group over here seeing something and then you got this group over here seeing something totally different, you're going to have division. And Jesus said if a kingdom or a house is divided against itself, if a house has two visions, it'll never stand. If, the, if, you have, if you have two groups of people trying to do two, thing, two, two different things, if you have two visions, two, two purposes, if you have two goals, it's division. What we need to do is get his vision, and all of us agree. Listen, so being like-minded is being of the same mind, but being double-minded is not having the same mind. It's division. It's confusion. When you have two minds, how many knows it causes instability? Listen to what James chapter 1 verse 8 says. It says a double-minded man, which that, word, that phrase double-minded actually refers to two minds. A man that has two minds about something is unstable in all his ways. That's why we need, to be, we need to be single in our thoughts, single in our, in our decisions, single in our mindset, single in the way that we think. And I'm speaking this to the house of God, that we need to be single-minded, like-minded of one mind, not double-minded. Why? Because if we're ever double-minded and we can't make decisions and, you, and we got two visions, we'll never accomplish anything for the kingdom. Do you know why? Because we're too busy comparing, we're too busy competing, we're too busy trying to do our thing, and nothing will ever get done with the kingdom. But it is time for us as the body of Christ to get together and get the same mind and the same mentality and the same purpose of Jesus. Yeah. And quit being double-minded. That's what, happens in, that's, that's what happens to marriages sometimes. And the reason why we have problems in our marriages is because God called us to be one flesh, but you actually got two minds. Her mind, his mind. That's the problem. Because only God knows what a woman thinks at times. Still trying to, I've been married going on 19 years. I still haven't figured that out yet. I'm like, I stand back and go. <laughs> Who can know the mind of a woman? But sometimes that's the fight in the marriage. Is it's, it's because we got two different minds and we're trying to get in the same mind. Because we're one flesh. Preach. So a double-minded man, the Bible says, is unstable in all his ways, which means he's unreliable. When somebody's, when somebody's two-minded, they, un, they are unreliable. They, they, have, they, they can't make decisions. They are uncertain about what they think, feel, and decide. We are to be of one mind. That's why it's so important that we come together, not just in the same place, but also in the same mind and the same thoughts. Because how many knows you can be in the same place but have different mindset? Be in the same church and still be divided. It got real quiet on me right there. I don't know what happened. Come on, I need, to, I, need you to, I need you to participate with me this morning because 
Because I feel like Satan is really attacking the unity of the body of Christ. And, and, he's, and he's real, here's, here's where he's attacking. He knows if he can get us divided in mind, he can get us divided in body. Preach. I said if he can start messing with all of our minds, he'll get the body so distracted and so dysfunctional that we'll be no good to the kingdom of God. And we'll make no difference in our community. But why? Because we're all of different minds. And I've come to tell you the devil is a liar because I believe that the church is getting ready to rise up and we're getting ready to do the same thing, think the same thing, and we're going to have the same mindset and we're going to have the same personality and the same attitude. And everywhere we go, people are going to look at us and say, that's Jesus, that's Jesus. Come on, that's how revival happens, is that, is that we don't just get Jesus in here. We take Jesus out there. The people on your job, they, say, they look at you and say, look, that's Jesus. When, people, when you go to Walmart, people are looking at you and say, that's Jesus. Everywhere you go, everybody's seeing you, and they're not seeing you. They're seeing the image of Jesus. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. They're, they're, they, they, they can sense the mind. They can sense the attitude of the one you're connected to. It's not just coming to the same place. It's also coming in the same mind and the same thoughts. Because with two minds, we will not get anything done. There's a lot to be done. There's a lot of people to reach. The kingdom must be advanced. The gospel must be preached. Revival must come. But how do you do it? We must be of the same mind. Same thought. It's when we come into unity. And it's when we get the same mind that we start accomplishing and advancing the kingdom. The problem is, is we're too us-minded and not kingdom-minded. So when we plan our calendars, we don't plan for kingdom, we plan for us. When we budget our money, if you budget your money, when, you, when, when we budget our money, we ought to budget not just for us, but we ought to budget for the kingdom. This year, I have made a commitment. I'm going to give more to the kingdom than I have ever got given before. Every year, that's how we ought to have, that's the mindset we ought to have. Lord, I, I pray that you bless me even more this year so that I can be more of a blessing for the kingdom of God not, Lord, bless me so that I can really so I can buy me a boat, a new car, a new house. No, God, bless me so I can be a, so I can be a blessing to somebody else. Yes. Yes. I, w- I want to I have more than enough. Yeah. I want to have 12 baskets left over. Yeah. When Jesus fed the 5,000, the Bible says it's 11, there were 12 baskets left over. Because whatever he blesses, there's always overflow. Then he says, now I've blessed you. Now how are you going to be a blessing? Because if he, listen, if he can't bless, if he can't get it through you, he'll never get it to you. He doesn't call you to be a dam. He calls you to be a water hose. Preach. That was good. It blessed me. Praise God. I don't know if it blessed you, but it blessed me. (laughs) See, Not only are we to be of one mind, but Paul says we're also to be one mouth. I thought that was interesting. Because how many knows the consequence of being of one mind 
is that your mouth will start to speak the same things too. This is powerful right here. If, if there's any part in this message that I loved, it was this part right here. So God says, don't just be one in mind, but he says, be also one of mouth. Now, I thought it was interesting that when I looked up the word mouth in the Greek, it not only referred to language. How I many know language words are what comes out of your mouth? It didn't just refer to language or to words, but the, the Greek word actually referred to the edge of a sword or a weapon. Whew, that was powerful to me. I'm like, it's not just, your mouth is not just where your language comes from, but also it's out of the mouth where a sword comes out of. Give me, let me give you an example. The Bible says in the end of time when Jesus comes back, he's going to speak a word, and that word's going to be sharper than any two-edged sword, and it's literally going to demolish and destroy the enemy of the Antichrist. Paul said one time in his, in his epistle, I think it's in 1 Thessalonians, that when Jesus says whatever he says, it is, it is going to be so glorious and so powerful, it's going to literally demolish the, 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 the enemy. It's going to demolish the, the armies of the Antichrist and of Satan. Zechariah chapter 14 says that when Jesus comes down and he comes to, comes to this earth, which I believe is going to be physical and literal, his feet are going to touch the Mount of Olives and the Mount of Olives is going to cleave asunder one, one part to the east, the other other part to the west and then Jesus is going to say something and this is what Zechariah explains he says that Jesus the Messiah is going to say something whatever he says whatever comes out of his mouth it's literally going to cause their mouth to 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 dissolve it's going to cause their tongue to dissolve in their mouth. Their skin is going to dissolve off of their bones, whatever comes out of his mouth. That's why we got to get we got to get a revelation that our mouth is powerful. Your mouth is powerful, church. Your mouth is not just the instrument of language and speech and words. Your mouth has power. And think if we start speaking like Jesus, no enemy would be able to withstand us. That's why Jesus would say this to us. Say to this mountain. Speak. Let your mouth do the work. Can I teach you something? This is, this is powerful. When God created Adam, God gave Adam the glory and the power to speak, and whatever he said, it was. God says, I'm going to bring all the animals before you, and God says, whatever you say it is, that's what it will be. I believe that before the fall of man, all man had to do was say something and it was created. Speak something and it happened. Why? Because we were created in the image and the likeness of God. Is this too deep for you? I don't, I don't want to drown you now. We were created in the likeness and the image of God. Likeness as God. God created not by his hands alone, but he spoke it, and it was. And when Adam was created, Adam had the same nature as God. But when Adam fell, God cursed Adam, and you know what the curse was? You're no longer going to be able to speak to it. Now you have to work it with your hands. 
And then Jesus comes. And he comes to save that which was lost. He comes to restore that which man lost in the garden during the fall of Adam. Well, I love, I think it's Romans chapter 5. You go down and you learn that when Jesus came, he came not only to take away our offenses or to, to, to wash away and cleanse us from all of our sin, but he came that we might reign in this life. Reign? How many knows when a, when a king speaks, that's all he has to do? He just says it and they do it. Paul tried to teach us that when Jesus came, Jesus came to restore our dominion, our authority, and the power of our words. And then, listen, Jesus came to express what man had lost. So you see, Jesus, he never raises a hand. He speaks. He speaks to the storm, and the storm obeys. He speaks to the tomb of Lazarus, and Lazarus comes out of the grave. He speaks to the grave clothes, and the grave clothes loose him and let him go. He speaks to the demoniac, and the demons have to let him go. He speaks. Listen to what Jesus does. He says, he says, you will destroy this temple, but on the third day, I'll raise it back up. Jesus is put in the grave. His word is waiting on him. And on the third day, he had to get back up. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was, Jesus was leaving us an example. An example of what? This is what it's meant to look like when you reign in life. And then that's why Jesus constantly tells them, he says, he says just say to the mountain. Just speak to the mountain. Because what I'm getting ready to do on the cross, I'm getting ready to restore not just, not just your relationship with God. I'm getting ready to restore the glory and the honor that you had with, G- with, with the Father before you ever fell and took of the fruit of the tree. And let me tell you, church, we have, we have lost that I, our identity when it comes to what Jesus purchased for us. He didn't just save me and deliver me from my sins, but he gave me power and authority to speak something and let it be. Come on. That's why some of you, you need to quit going around the mountain and trying to climb the mountain. You need to stand there in the authority and the power that God purchased for you and look at that mountain and say, Mountain, you got to get out of my way. You need to look at that demon that's been troubling your house and tell that demon, You got to get out of here. You need to look at that sickness and say, Sickness, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hmm. That's, why, that's why Paul says in Romans chapter 10, how good, how beautiful is the feet of them that carry and preach the gospel. Why? Because wherever we go preaching, using our mouth, it turns the world upside down. It shifts atmospheres. It causes joy to come into a city. It causes revival to break out. It causes the fire of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says while Peter is preaching, the fire fell. While he's speaking, not not working with his hands, he's speaking, God, I want to be so close. I want to be so endued with power that all I have to do is say a thing. And whatever I say, it manifests in reality. Come on, somebody, when we get around here prophesying revival, I'm tired of just prophesying and seeing nothing. It's time for the church to arise in the power and the authority of the mouth of God. And whatever we say, it begins to manifest. Paul said, when I, oh, I love this. Paul said, when I come to you, he said, I'm not coming with the words, words of man's wisdom. 
words that when it's spoken out of man's wisdom, it falls to the ground and nothing happens. He says, but when I come, I'm not coming with an eloquence of speech. He says, but when I come, I'm coming with a demonstration. I'm coming with a manifestation. That when I come preaching the gospel, everything you hear me say, it's going to manifest in, in the midst. It's going to manifest in the multitude. If I'm preaching about healing... People are going to be healed. If I'm preaching about deliverance, people are going to get delivered. If I'm preaching about the power of God, it's going to manifest. If I preach about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's going to fall on you. Let me get back to this. I got way off course there. I'm a hunter. I'll chase a rabbit. Hallelujah. Listen, the Bible says... Bible says that we have one mind. We should be of one mind and one mouth. Mouth meaning language. It also refers to a weapon or to the edge of a sword. Now, I believe that this shows us two things. Number one, language can create unity or disunity. Language can create unity or disunity. Let me give you a couple of examples. Genesis chapter 11, the Bible says it's been a time now after the flood of Noah, and there was a nation that had, that had came to a place called Shinar. Shinar would, would be known as Babylon. And there, in defiance of God, they would build a tower, the Bible says, that, would try, that they would try to reach the heavens. It's called the Tower of Babel. God, the Bible says, comes down to see what they are doing. And I love what God says. God says they're saying the same things, and they're doing the same things, and they are unified. And I love what God says. Go read this in your Bible. God says if we don't go down and stop this, they will accomplish anything that they desire. So what does God do? He confuses their language. And when he confuses their language, it causes disunity, and they can't accomplish anything. And the reason why we have disunity in the body is because we're saying different things. But what if we ever get to the point where we're saying the same thing and our language is the same? I love what Pastor Christopher said in one of his messages, that language creates culture. You want to create a culture of revival, we got we to talk about revival. We want to we we create a culture of, 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 of Pentecost, and of the power of God and of the presence and of miracles and signs and wonders, we got to say the same thing. You, you can't have somebody back there going, you know what, I just don't believe God does that anymore. You got some over here saying, bless God, God can do anything. He can do the impossible. Then you got somebody else back there saying, bless God, I just, don't, I just don't think God wants to do that anymore. I don't believe it's his will to heal. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get out of here and fly away one day. But what if we all come together and we have the same mind and we're saying the same thing that God is able to do the impossible, that we're believing in revival, that we're going to accomplish the assignment that God has given us. What if we come in here, Destiny, and we start saying we're going to advance the kingdom, that every home in, in Franklin and Clayton is going to be impacted by the kingdom of God through the ministry of this church? What if we come saying the same thing? What will happen is, is we will create a culture, but watch this, but not just a culture, but a climate. A climate 
where things begin to happen and things can begin to move. I want to have a climate here that if somebody's in a wheelchair, they're not going to leave in a wheelchair. They're going to leave out of here walking on their two feet. When somebody comes in here with cancer, I want to have a climate in this place. I want to have an atmosphere. Why? Because we've been talking about it. We've been speaking it and we've been believing it. And when somebody comes in here with cancer, cancer is literally dissolved in their body. I know he'll do it. Listen, I remember being in a service, laying hands on the man, had a big old, had skin cancer. I mean, it was huge on his head. I remember the anointing and the atmosphere and the climate was so powerful. I laid hands on that man and I watched that big skin cancer fall off right in the floor. And I watched somebody pick, pick it up and throw it in the trash. He's still alive. I saw him at open heaven in Kentucky. Doctor said you may have eight months to live. This skin cancer, if, if, if God don't do something, you are going to die. And in that service, I watched it fall off of his head. Why? Because God can still do miracles. And God's looking for somebody that will begin to speak it into existence. That somebody will have the language of the kingdom so that the kingdom can manifest and change the climate. I'm excited about this because I'm ready to see the kingdom. I'm ready to see the glory of God. I'm ready to see signs, wonders, and miracles. But we got to have the same language, church. We got to come together. We got to believe the same thing, speak the same thing, think the same thing. The biggest key to having a move of God is that right there. Right there. Listen. The greatest move of God that ever manifested in the earth happened because of language. Acts chapter 2. Well, Pentecostals, we, we, we stop at verse 4 and we shout. We ain't got time to go down to the rest of the verses. We're so, we fall out. Nobody got time to get down to the next few verses. But the Bible says this in verse 5, Acts 2. And when this was noised abroad. Now, how do you noise something abroad? Hey, this happened on the day of Pentecost at the temple. Hey, this happened. Something, man, I saw fire come down. I heard, I heard a wind. Hey, we see some people, if you're speaking in tongues, they're acting like they're on new wine. Yeah. They started being noised abroad. And the Bible said, and every nation gathered. Every nation gathered. Nations that did not speak the same language. And this is the amazing thing. What God did in Genesis 11, by, div by dividing the language, he opened up everybody's mind to understand each other. And then the Bible says that then Peter stood up amongst the 11 and said, this is that. And they're hearing him, who, Peter, who is speaking Galilean. But then you got the Parthians that are listening, the Medes that are listening. Then you got those of other countries that are listening. And they're understanding. They're sitting there going, I never took this class. I never... This is, not my, this is not my native language. But they're understanding this Galilean man standing in the midst of the twelve as he's crying out saying this, what you're seeing, these things that you are hearing, this is, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel that in the last days saith the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your son, sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. 
They understood Peter. And the Bible said 3,000 souls were born again that day because there was unity. And God came together and brought the language together. We want to see that kind of power. We want to see that kind of authority. We got to start talking the, the same thing and saying the same thing and having the same sound. So, so our mouth, I'm, I'm going to move on because I'm almost done. Our mouth can create unity or disunity. It's all about language. It can heal or it can kill. Let me read you some verses. Proverbs 12, 18. Reckless words are like the thrusts of a sword. Cutting remarks meant to stab and to hurt. But the words of the wise soothe and heal. Our words can either stab and hurt or it can soothe and it can heal. Proverbs 15.1, a gentle response diffuses anger. You want to turn up the temper? I didn't say turn up the temperature. I said turn up the temper. Use negative language. Use hurtful words and it will just cause more temper, more anger, more rage. But the Bible says a gentle response, loving response, diffuses anger. But a sharp tongue kindles a temper fire. Proverbs 15.4. Kind words heal and help cutting words wound and maim. Proverbs 18, 21, your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life and the talkative person will reap the consequences. I mean, those are just sometimes you just need to shut up. Don't say it. You, you know, you know, you say it. Trouble's coming. Which brings me to my next verse. Proverbs 21, verse 23. Watch your words and be careful what you say, and you will be surprised how few trouble you have. I tell you, I, I'm, I'm done with trouble. How many's done with trouble? I'm done with drama. Some preacher, one preacher said, I'm done with drama and Chelsea's mama. Talking about Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Get a hold of yourself. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I don't know. Maybe too serious for that. I don't know. But the mouth, here, the wisest man wrote Proverbs. And he said, words will either heal or kill. Words will either cause trouble for you or it will diffuse trouble. But it's how you choose to use your mouth that will determine the outcome in your life. And so I believe when we have the right mind, everybody say that with me, right mind. When we have the right mind, we will also have the right mouth. Even Jesus taught this in Matthew chapter 7 and Mark chapter 12, that it's not what goes in that defiles a man. But it's what comes out. It's out of our heart that precedes evil thoughts. Listen to what he said. He said, thoughts. Where does your thoughts dwell? In your heart. He said, it's out of the heart that evil thoughts proceed. And it's from the, those evil thoughts in our heart that the mouth will end up speaking something that will defile us. I would even go so far as to say to destroy you. So if our hearts are right, our thoughts will be right, 
and then what comes out of our mouth will be right. Now, let me, let me bring all this together as it concerns being of one mind and one mouth. The truth is, we can never do this in our own power. It's impossible. It is God who gives us the ability to be unified in our thoughts and speech through our relationship in Jesus Christ. Now, in our text, Paul says this, and I'm, I want to read this out of the Amplified Bible. You can, you can put up the text on, on the screen, Jonathan, but I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Bible, but, but I do want you to, 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 walk, to look at it. Romans chapter 15, verses 5 through 6, Paul says, Now may the God who gives the power and, of patient endurance, steadfastness, and who supplies encouragement or grants you to live in such mutual harmony and such full sympathy with one another in accord with Jesus Christ. And let, let's look how the King James Version reads. It says, it says, now the God of patience and consolation grant you or give you to be like-minded of the same mind with the same thoughts, one toward another. How? According. Now, this is a powerful word in here. He says, this only happens, the God can only give you this power of oneness of one mind and one mouth through or according to Jesus Christ. Now, the word according here, the, the word according actually means this. It means to be in agreement with. So you can't be disagreeing with Jesus and then try to be in one mind and, one, and have one mouth. Now, what does it mean being in disagreement with Jesus? Here's, here's how I take it. Being in disagreement with his word. How many knows Jesus said we ought to love one another as he loved us? That's his word. He said that we ought to forgive one another. That's what Jesus said. Now, if... If we go around hating on people, holding unforgiveness, how many knows we're living in disagreement with what Jesus said? That's right. That's right. So some things that we do that define, divides us, it actually disagrees with what Jesus said. But because we are selfish at times, we want to do what we want to do, that we're even willing to disagree with Jesus. And when you disagree with Jesus, that's when division happens. You're not just disagreeing with, listen, when the preacher preaches something from the Bible and you know it's the Bible and you don't live by it, you're not disagreeing with me. You're disagreeing with Jesus if it's truth and if it's word. So he says, according to Jesus. Now, another way to say this is, as Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, letting this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. You, when you have the mind of Christ, you are given the power through the Holy Spirit to live in harmony with others. It is a supernatural work. As you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, it, it, it begins to develop and create the mind of Christ in your life. So the question is today, how do you have the mind of Christ? How do you develop the mind of Christ? I believe there's three ways. Three ways. Number one, by learning. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. How many knows you've got to learn of Jesus? How do you learn of Jesus? Through the word, by coming to church, study. You learn. Learn means to be a disciple. It means to follow. You want to know, you want to know about the mind of Christ? Be a disciple of Christ. Follow him. Number two, by joining 
Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. The word spirit there means attitude, mindset. Meaning that when you, you and I are joined to the Lord, we have the same attitude and the same mind of Christ. We are joined to him. That word joined there means this. It means to glue together. You can't, you can't come on Sunday, be close to Jesus, and then be, then be separate from him on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You've got to be glued to him, cleave to him. One translation said, be welded to Jesus. I used to be a welder. You know what? One in, a one-inch weld would hold almost, almost 30-some thousand pounds. I can hold heavy stuff if I'm welded to Jesus. Everybody just fell asleep on me. Oh, my gosh. I said something so profound. <laughs> I said you can hold heavy stuff if you are glued and welded and cleaved to Jesus. The reason why we're losing our mind is because we're not glued to him. How do you get his mind? How do you get his thoughts? Get glued to him, joined to him. And when you get joined to him, you'll have his same mind and same thought. Number three. By forming, Galatians 4, 9, 19, Paul is actually praying a prayer. He says, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. The word formed there in the Greek, it actually refers to an artist who takes a piece of raw material and shapes it to look like an image. So when, when Paul says, I, my prayer and I'm travailing in prayer until Christ is fully shaped and developed in you so that when everybody looks at you, they don't see you anymore because you are totally gone. Self is totally decreased. All they see now is Jesus who is formed in you. That's my prayer is God formed the image of Jesus in me so that I might think and speak like him. So we develop the mindset of Christ by learning of him, by joining ourselves to him, by allowing the Holy Spirit to shape us into his image. And when this happens, it motivates us to live by his example, Jesus' example. And so when everyone has the mind of Christ, we will be able to think the same things and speak the same things, not that we are thinking or saying. Don't misunderstand me. We are not thinking and saying what man is saying. But we are thinking and speaking the same way Christ did, and that's what unites us. Now listen to me. I mean, think, think just for a second. And you can, you can you start standing to your feet. I want you to think with me just for a second. What would happen if we all had the same mind and we all spoke the same thing that Christ did? We would love one another. Do you know why? Because Christ first loved us. We would serve one another because Christ came to serve us. Now, I, the biggest question I need to ask today, and I want you to be really honest, how many wants to be like Jesus? All right, I'm going to tell you what Jesus looks like. He loves everyone. He serves people. He helps people. I mean, look what he did in the Gospels. He encourages others. He was an encouragement to others. He forgave others. The Bible says that we ought to forgive one another as Christ forgave us. Amen? So if we all have the mind of Christ, it will put an end to strife, to division, 
selfishness, competition, jealousy, gossip. And with one voice, we would be able to glorify God. But I'm going to tell you what, when there's division, you, we are not bringing glory to God. Now, I want to, in this altar service, I want to read a passage of Scripture. The Bible says that when, um, when Solomon had finished building the temple, the Bible says he made all these sacrifices and he prayed all these prayers and the musicians came together to dedicate the, the, the temple. And I love what the Bible says, and this is found in 2 Chronicles chapter 5. The Bible says that as it came to pass, the trumpeters began to sing and play their instruments. And it says, as they were one. And this is what it says. To make one sound to be heard, praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praise the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. That then, everybody say then. When they were making one sound, saying the same thing, thinking the same thing, the Bible said, then, then the house was filled with a cloud. God spoke to me. I said, Lord, what, what was that cloud? The Lord said this. He said, that was atmosphere. The atmosphere changed. And then the Bible says, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand the minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house. When did the glory of the Lord fill the house? When they were of one mind and began to make one sound, then the glory and the, and the power and the presence of Jesus filled the house. I don't know about you, but I want the glory and the presence and the power of God to fill this house. How are we going to do it, preacher, when we get to the place where we're speaking the same thing and thinking the same thing. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue being a part of all that God is doing here at Destiny Church. You can text to give at 828-662-3453. Or you can give online at destinyauto.com. That's destinyotto.com. We would love for you to also subscribe to your Destiny podcast and for you to also share this podcast with family and friends. And again, thank you for joining us.